Good evening and welcome to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, how's it going? Hopefully it's going pretty well. I'm I'm, uh, really glad to be talking to you tonight. Yes, Um, yes. Very good day. Yes, very good day. Um, Big day on the health news front here at JMU Sports Blog headquarters. So we're all very happy. Yes. Yeah, I got some good news today. All right. A little little bit of a scare there, but everything is is good and um, feeling pretty grateful. Uh, Raise a glass to middle age, everybody. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, um, we're just going to have fun tonight. Uh, we, we can't thank everybody who's been following us in the offseason enough. We, we know it can get long. We won't go super long tonight. Uh, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Um, five points for Jamie Sports Blog Podcast. As always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. We won't go through the freebies this week, but we will say that this weekend is the fourth anniversary of Pale Fire. And they're doing a big thing all day on Saturday. So you can go by there anytime. They're going to have some special beer releases and stuff. It's, uh, I know a lot of people, or at least some of our hardcore people, will be in town for the spring game this Saturday. So it's a good time to go by Pale Fire. And you can mention the podcast anytime. Just tell them you're, you're paying attention. That We would appreciate it a great deal. And we're also brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Looking forward to seeing them soon. It's a great time of year to get out there as the weather's getting nicer. I think we're all... Really excited for winter to finally be over this year. Oh, my gosh. It was like 80 <laughs> degrees here today. It was heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So get down there. Visit the guys at Mossy Creek. If you go by the store and mention the podcast, you get a free sticker, which is um, we can tell you that doesn't sound like much, but they're very cool stickers. It'll be really good for your coolers and, you know, pint glasses and everything this year. So looking forward to that. We're going to kind of bounce around a few topics at JMU tonight. Um, and Rob is not, I didn't prepare him for this. I'm just going to ask him questions about all these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put him on the spot, right? <laughs> Woohoo! All right. And then we do have a really fun overtime tonight, uh, which I guess will again show our middle-aged bias. But yes. yes. Um, first of all, big thanks again to Coach O'Regan for joining us last week, at, last week on the podcast. It was a lot of fun to talk to him. A very disappointing end for him, I know as the women fell in the semifinals of the WNIT to Northwestern on a night when I think it's fair to say, just like other nights this season, they just couldn't find their rhythm offensively. And, um, but a, a really great season and, and a, a really fun and kind of, I, I don't know what to call it, a rewarding run in the NIT after everything that had gone wrong for them at the end of the regular season and in the CAA tournament. Yeah. It was just kind of like a silver lining, yeah. you know, the way it ended with the, and the CAA tournament with the injuries was just kind of crushing, but to get an opportunity to go out there and kind of end on a high note, even though, you know, everybody other than what two teams, mm-hmm. you know, the NIT winner and the, and Baylor is going to end up with a loss. Yeah. It still was a heck of a run. And just to get out there play some good basketball, get over the kind of rip the bandaid off with the first game against Kenny Brooks and have it go well and mm-hmm. get the fans out there cheering. It was a, all things considered a, a pretty fun way to, to spend the spring if you're a Jamie basketball fan. Absolutely. And, and, and certainly bodes well for the future for this program. And everything seems to still be on track for this to be the dominant program in the CAA. Well, and... I, I'm clearly the only person. I thought Smalls was a senior. So I was like ecstatic <laughs> yeah. weeks ago. I was like, oh, this, you know, good. Kind of this way she gets to at least close out with a couple more games. Oh. And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh, wow, she's coming back. Oh, yeah. We got a make, um, make good situation here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we totally do. And kind of the – the vengeance or chip on the shoulder after in my opinion 
being somewhat slighted for the player of the year. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've got very high hopes for that team going into next season. Me too. And I, and I would think that Kamaya, you know, I, I'm sure that her and coach and everybody around her are talking about, I mean, she might have a chance to play at the next level. Just her, yeah. her all court game is, is so strong and she fits in, you know, she can be the lead dog for the Dukes, but clearly is a player who could fit in, you know, as, as a role player as well. Yeah. When the time comes, I, I just I think she kind of her game is really well suited to the pro game if, if she gets a chance down the road. And, so. and speaking of the pro game, um, it was free cone day. At oh, Jerry's. Yep. So I went down there and I was walking around Old Town and Alana Deladon walked right behind me. Oh, oh, nice. I, free, I totally fanboyed out and started freaking out. <laughs> I was like, oh, I get the kids. I was like, guess what this is? And they were like, oh, wow. Like, she's on the Mystics. Yeah, she's on TV. She's going to be a Hall of Famer. All-star. It's pretty cool. I think I was in high school at the uh, late, great Oakton Friendlies once, and we ran into North Turner when he was coaching the Redskins. And we all <laughs> we all kind of went nuts. <laughs> yeah, I got pretty excited. Yeah. She's, she's every bit as tall as me. I mean, that, that, oh, yeah. that is not a... They don't, that's not a fake six, five. They list her. No, that's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's really, that's funny as can be. And, um, I I guess before we get back to the pro game thing that I hadn't thought of, um, what a great women's final that was. Uh, I know you tweeted about how your boys were kind of into the game and, um, you know, what a, it was just a great game. And, um, well, it's just so silly because like you've got the, you know, the, the talking heads that oh, yeah. kind of knock women's basketball and everything like that. And you need to learn it. I don't want to equate it to like real forms of like serious bias in our right. society, but you need to learn that sort of bias because to people like my kids, yeah, it's just, it's, oh, basketball is on. Right. It's not women's basketball or men's basketball. It's like, oh, close game. This is exciting. Look, it's just, it's just hoops. Right. Or, you know, if they like, you see Elena Deladon, they're like, oh my gosh, we saw a pro basketball player tonight. You need to kind of introduce these distinctions, right? And it does everybody a disservice. That was a really well played game, mm-hmm. um, kind of heartbreaking for Notre Dame. Although, you, you know, it would she, have been, she's got, yeah, it would have been terribly got, heartbreaking for Baylor had they lost in the with their star getting hurt. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that was tough. To, it was cool to see her on the bench, but that was really tough to, yeah. to see that happen. But what an exciting game! Yeah. Um, and it started at a reasonable hour. Which was so oh, yes, much better yeah. than the men's game. Which was it was worth staying up for the men's game. I really well, enjoyed that. But and it's funny how, is too late. No, and it's funny whether it's MLS or women's basketball or even college basketball. There's always someone who's going to crap on it, you yeah. know. And the pro guys who are just like, oh god, we got to watch Virginia and Texas Tech play defense all night. And that was one of the best championship games we've seen in a long time. I mean, yeah, it's right. I mean, like, that that will hold up against most games. I mean, I, I know we saw the Jenkins shot a couple years ago. You know, we've had some good ones lately, but what a great game that was! And well, it was just—it was tough to get going. And yeah, I, I turned it on a couple minutes late. It was three to two or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you get on Twitter, and everybody's like, "Oh, here we go, worst game ever." And a lot of that is just, you know, jitters and yeah. first game stuff. But then, man, it, they closed the half really strong, mm-hmm. and then it was just punch counter punch. Oh, it was great! The entire second, second half. half and overtime. I mean, that was a really well played game. I'm one of those weirdos who like i actually like watching virginia play um me too i i think i i like bennett i think they're a very disciplined team Mm -hmm. i think they really accentuate their own strengths everybody plays a role to me that's beautiful basketball Mm -hmm. um and i i love you know watching the golden state warriors too it's just there's different ways to enjoy the game and i i thought both those teams were fun to watch yeah it it was it was great to watch and 
Yeah, the UVA thing has been funny. And, and it was and, and even that game, I mean, the second half, even the NBA people, I mean, the last what six, seven minutes of that game were just one like just or DeAndre Hunter versus the kid from uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Col- Colbert, Jared Colbert. Yeah, I mean, these people are just throwing haymakers. Uh, yeah. Obvious, you know, kind of lottery pick type guys. This was not just like some boring college basketball game. That turned into a fantastic game um, mm-hmm. between three or four future pros. You know, I, I mean, I think Hunter and Culver and maybe Jerome, but, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, there may be a couple other guys who get shots eventually, but what a great game. And yeah, I know we, we like to joke and, and, and we certainly don't have any, there's no love lost for us from, from UVA, but I think Rob, we both have so many friends and family who that means the world too. And, you know, who, who have also enjoyed and humored us and, and had fun with us riding along on some of these JMU football runs the last few years. Yeah. yeah I, I don't, you know, congrats to UVA. It's uh, yeah, it's good, well-deserved. Well-deserved. And, and, in the, and in the, uh, you know, not to sound like the old guys, but as you said, you know, A, watching them play the way they play, but B, in the Michael Avenatti FBI world, um, you know, it's kind of nice that UVA, the one team who there's like not even a whiff of controversy around, is the team that wins it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a cliche to say, like, they do it the right way. Yeah, who knows? The team, but, yeah. but they sure seem to. They sure seem to. Bennett, yeah. And we, I think people said this last year, this is certainly not me doing it, but Bennett seemed to be the guy most equipped to deal with that loss last year. Uh-huh. And, I mean, in some sense, it's really nice to see the redemption and to see how he handled that with such grace and aplomb last year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, it's a great just, story. It, for... just, it, it is a good story. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of... <laughs> No. I'm not like a UVA hater. I'm not a Virginia Tech hater, but I'm, you know, it's, yeah. they're not my school. Right, right. Um, but I certainly can appreciate what they did. And the entire dramatic arc of the last year yeah. is, is pretty darn cool. And I think it'd be fun to talk. Next time we talk to Sean uh, O'Regan, we should ask him about, you know, the last four years, it's been, what, two Villanova titles, a Carolina title, and a Virginia title now. Yeah. So right at the time when the one and done era has gone from like zero to a hundred mm-hmm. you know it used to just be kentucky right and now it's kentucky and duke and oregon and all these places yeah. right and in that era you know look at the teams that are actually winning cutting down the nets yeah it's the teams that are developing players and still kind of doing the playing college basketball basically yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw it with Duke, where right. you just reach a point where no matter how talented you are as a freshman, there's some stuff you're not going to experience, and you're going to reach those tough moments in a game. And there's a difference between somebody like Guy who who can get it done versus, you know, R.J. Barrett who might not might. I mean, he definitely forced things at the end. Right, and right. They didn't really have a game plan. <laughs> right, where there's Ty Jerome, the biggest play of the, of the game is he's not taking the layup down three yeah. with 10 seconds to go he's kicking it out to the wide open three-point shooter yeah yeah you know yeah it was it was fun to watch i mean the women's and men's game what a great you know great finish to the season for college basketball yep yeah moving great. on um just wanted to bring up a couple jmu teams uh the softball team rolling right along winners of nine straight they are up to 27 and six it always amazes me how many games softball oh, and baseball actually yeah. play and they got a double header against Virginia Tech this week. They do, right? yep. Um, went tomorrow, that's, probably the day that most yeah, people will be no, listening to this. They're 8-1 in the CAA, rolling right along. So, and yeah, good opportunity. They'll be at Tech this week. And I think they still have UVA and Duke on the schedule, even out of conference. So, yeah. I mean, as we said, they play a million games. But softball seems to be rounding into form. Um, 
everybody's new favorite team, the lacrosse team, 10-3 and three on the year, 2-0 and oh in the CAA. Those two were important wins over Delaware and Towson and not in any way difficult for the team. So they're looking very good in the CAA. They do have a big road trip this weekend. They go to, to Drexel and to Hofstra. So, yeah, and Molly Doherty was on fire last incredible. week. Incredible. Yeah, you talked about that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And she I mean, won like, the CIA Player of the Week. She did. Yeah. I mean, she, I think she had like 13 saves one game, which mm-hmm. if you don't follow lacrosse, that's absurd. That's a lot of saves, that's, yeah. That's a lot of saves, uh-huh. you know. Um, she, I think she saved over 70%. Again, absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, really was just a, just an absolute brick wall back there. But that one against Towson was big mm-hmm. early in the year, you know, because they, they've struggled with a little bit of some of the out-of-conference, we all know that, with, you know, Maryland and, and Virginia and UNC not going down. But Towson is their competitor. I believe JMU and Towson have won, what, the last, like, five CA titles. Mm-hmm. So to go out and have a statement win like that early in the conference season is, is a great sign. Um, and it's got to give them a lot of confidence in a year when JMU hosts the CA tournament. So yep. um, setting up pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, with softball round in form, lacrosse is too. And I actually and got kind of the benefit of playing those tough games. Oh, like, yeah. Everybody's freaking out when you lose to UVA. And you, well, yeah, it's not yeah. good, but there's a method to the madness. And this this was not a rebuilding year, but this was not, you know, the greatest team in, in program history like last year. So it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. So to, to have those opportunities and to, maybe get frustrated and, and focus before conference play uh, could end up being a blessing in disguise. It sure could. And, and I don't know. I mean, we'd have to talk to Coach Shelley or somebody who knows more about lacrosse than we do in, in terms of tournament selection. But I'd have to think JMU, you know, if they can run the table regular season in the CAA, you know, given what they did last year, even with those three losses to the three big names they've played this year, Maryland, UVA, and Carolina, you know, I'd have to think if they run the table in the regular season, they could probably withstand a loss in the CAA tournament and, and still make the big tournament. Just give yeah. you know, they're the defending champs now. If they finish whatever it is, six, you know, sixteen and three uh, in the regular season, I, th- I think they're in pretty good shape. So, yeah, I, I yeah. and I did misspeak on softball. I meant to say for the people going to the spring game, they actually have a three-game homestand this weekend with UNCW. So, get a chance if you are there for the weekend, go check them out as well. Um, one last note, one team I don't think we've ever talked about on the podcast, Rob, but I thought I should bring it up is, um, men's tennis <laughs> actually had the CAA players of the week this week. Yeah, they, they swept it. They swept it. So the doubles team of Tate Steinor and Paul Mendoza won the doubles team of the week and Tate was the CAA player of the week. So I, I don't know the first thing about men's tennis at JMU, but congrats to those guys. And, and... I, I got a buddy who played oh, yeah. over there. So nice. yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so it's cool. He used to kick my ass in um, youth tennis. <laughs> Felt a little bit, a little bit better about it looking back. I'm like, oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, right? Yeah. So um, before we get to the spring game, but kind of segueing into the spring football game, uh, and we were talking about the professional level before. Big congrats, and I have I'm personally extremely excited and extremely nervous, but. How great that Andrew Ankra signed a three-year deal with the Redskins this week. Um, it's just really cool. I, I know, I know, Rob, I mean, putting the Redskins part aside, and that's the part that makes me both happy because I might actually purchase a jersey for the first time in many years and yeah. not happy because I feel bad for Andrew that he has to go play for that organization. <laughs> um, but we've seen it a lot the last couple of weeks. A lot of these guys who had the chance in the AAF uh, the league that has since folded 
there's quite a few. I saw there was a guy from North Dakota State getting a chance. You know, there's been quite a few players who it, it just, I don't know, it's, it's a little bit, and it, I don't mean, I mean, it makes me excited for the XFL coming back next year. But it's definitely one of those things where football just, because of the nature of the sport, a minor league has just never really worked out for them. But, God, I mean, I saw the Steelers and Panthers are like loading up on guys from the AAF. And it's kind of cool that these guys get another chance. And what a huge opportunity for a guy like Ankara, who, you know, had his had a rookie camp look and stuff his first year. But especially for guys who, I mean, think about a guy like him who kind of developed later on in his career, really starred junior and senior year. And, it, and then you think about guys who maybe get injured a little bit when they're seniors at a program like JMU and don't get to show out. You know, if you think about a guy like Marcus Marshall, if he had a chance to play another year next year in a pro environment, would he get another chance or something like that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was really cool. And I'm certainly excited. I don't know. <laughs> and for Andrew Anchor, I mean, a three-year deal is not – this is not a rookie minicamp invite here. That was yeah. You know, I think I think he's got a legit shot to make the roster. Yeah, um, yeah. Looks like. It. I mean, a- anytime you can rush the passer, the, you can find a place on the NFL roster. That's right. And he demonstrated the ability to do that at JMU, and then got it done um, in the AAF. Mm-hmm. So I'm rooting for him. I mean, it, it's hard for me as <laughs> a Giants fan. Right. I'm not going to be I'm not very excited about the Redskins part, but I'm super excited for him that he's getting a shot at, at an NFL job. Yeah, and although I did hear Rob that. Uh, the Giants have had Jimmy in two or three times for interviews. They have. Yeah, um, so you get thirty, you get thirty player visits. Okay, heading into the draft. Okay, um, thirty like one on one meetings with players of your choice, and they used one of their thirty on Jimmy, and one of the early ones. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like a legit. It's it doesn't seem like it's you know a hail mary type right. shot. Like they seem to be legitimately interested in him. If the Giants um, drafted which, Jimmy Moreland, oh my that gosh. would be. That would reorganize your like top ten moments of JMU sports. Yeah, it right? would. It would. I'm I'm getting tingly just right. thinking about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy who gave him the Jimmy F and Moreland mm-hmm. nickname, Rob. Oh, it would and... just be things things just coming together. <laughs> right. Worlds colliding. Right. That would be awesome. Oh, so as we head into the spring game this week, uh, quite a few questions, but a lot of excitement. I think to see, you know, the spring game is always a little bit of a disappointment. I'm I'm sorry to say. But I think if we're keeping it real, it's a uh, it's like a weird practice. Yeah, it's it's look, it's fun for the super nerds like us. But to be honest, it's not, you know, you're not watching a game. The competition, there's competition on the field every play. But you, it's hard to know who's winning and who's not winning and who's doing well and no. who's not. Um, yeah. Couple big questions going in this weekend. Um, obviously, the biggest one is a quarterback. I don't know who the heck knows, Rob. I saw that Coach Signetti had some, at least one positive comment about Gage Maloney this week. I don't know that that's a negative for either of the other two guys. Who knows? I, I yeah. tend to think you've been saying for years, like the old cliche, which is when you have two or three quarterbacks, maybe you don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I have no idea. Right. I, I think we're going to know, not maybe not necessarily after the spring game, but I think we'll know sometime in August. It's, I don't think it's going to be like one of these. No, I don't think it's going to be like last year. Situations, yeah. And I don't think it's even going to be like last year. No. I think you're going to know heading into it. I don't think Signetti's going to mess around and try to do like whatever the psychological advantage or anything. I think he's just going to put his guys out there and, 
and, and trying to see, you know, we're going to get our best guys in Bicha. I don't think he's be playing games. I could be completely wrong. Right. I mean, I'm just, I, he doesn't seem like that type mm-hmm. who would, who would draw this out. Um, but my gut tells me nobody has won the job yet. No, I don't think so. I don't. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Are, like to, to your comment about like, oh, the, you know, two yeah. quarterbacks you got none. Um, I think this is as much about him just being kind of new and wanting to see all the players and different, different battles than it is about anybody not stepping up, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, really at all. I, I don't know. I didn't think quarterback was the issue. I know that kind of put me like no. me in the, in the, in, in the crosshair for right. a lot of JMU fans last year, but like I clearly Danucci had some games that, that he probably wants back, but there were more issues with this team. The team, the team's issues went way deeper than quarterback yep. uh, last year. And, and so, I don't know for, for me, Rob, the, biggest thing I'm looking forward to seeing this week is the wide receiving core. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, we're not going to talk about off the field things here at this time. Um, I think it's premature for us to say anything about that, but I, I do think there's a lot but of there, new there, names and I just, and there could be a shakeup. There could be a big shakeup and, yeah. and just reading Medea's articles the last couple of weeks, there's a lot of new names making plays and mm-hmm. I've noticed Signetti, you know, he has been commenting pretty directly uh, I, I've noticed him commenting more about the wide receiver position than almost anything else and not in a negative way, but rather promoting some of the guys we have not heard anything about. So I think there's three or four guys we're going to see this weekend that most fans certainly I've never seen or heard anything about. And, you know, I think we know a couple guys, Kendall Dean, Josh Sims, you know, we hope to see continued development from them, but there's, that's going to be a really interesting uh, position to watch going into the season. And I think that also goes along with Signetti's, you know, his very first statement was he wants to lead the nation in rushing. And it will be interesting to see how the offense evolves or changes from Houston to Signetti. So, yeah, a lot of good, good things to watch on the outside this week. And that is something that's, I mean, even at a spring game, it's fun to watch wide receivers, right? Yeah, and running backs. Too. And running backs, too. Yeah. To, to, see, to see how it's going to break down. I think everybody's been looking forward to what Percy can do mm-hmm. and more feature back. But I don't know if he's going to have a, a featured back, if he's going to split carries right. um, with Percy and Juwan and others. I, I don't know. I, I hope it's not the committee to the degree that it was under Houston mm-hmm. last year. Um, I know that was something that concerned you all season. And yeah. I kind of dismissed it, but with the benefit of hindsight, yeah, it, it wasn't great right. when you had guys maybe getting six or seven carries one week and then, no carries the, the next, next week, week and yeah. 15 the next. Yeah. You know, it just, it seemed particularly for a guy like Marshall, who I think really had to find a rhythm to be mm-hmm. effective. It was kind of difficult to see him, you know, just pulled out of the game plan for quarters at a time. Right. And, and look, if Percy's as good as we all hope and think he might be, you know, Signetti does have a track record. We've been watching him for four years, yeah. four or five years at Elon. And he does have a track record of riding his horse, you know, mm-hmm. and, if whether it's Percy or Juwan Hamilton or somebody else that becomes that guy, I think there's a big opportunity for some really big numbers for the number one running back this year. If, if they can stay healthy and and somebody really earns a job. And then on that wide receiver front, Rob, I mean, I'm also just, I really hope we get to see Rashad back on the field this week. Yep. So I know he was one of the guys who was held out of the second scrimmage in spring. and, And I know they're, super cautious with guys at this time of year there were a number of guys held out they've had what two scrimmages so far and this is the, the obviously the end of spring ball and the, and the big game is this this saturday 
but it would be great to see Rashad back on the field running around. Mm-hmm. So anything else you're thinking about on the spring game, Rob? No, I mean, I'm just kind of looking forward to having some post-game chatter and having people actually put their eyes on players rather than trying to read too much into single quotes or, yep. or name drops from coaches like, like we've been doing. You know? Yeah. Like see a healthy Ethan, Ethan Ratke as well. So yeah. Yeah. See what happens there. And um, tight end play. That's another, and, I'm, I'm excited oh, yeah. to see healthy tight ends. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and uh, what's the guy that played uh, painter who actually played mm-hmm. quite a bit on the defensive line last year has switched to tight end and coaches seem pretty excited about that big guy getting some opportunities at tight end. So that'll be cool to watch. Um, Rob, two way off topic things, one sports, one non. Um, get the Masters coming up this weekend. Any, any, uh, any hopes or, or picks from you? Oh, no. I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in South America. So <laughs> okay. are, there any, are there any South Americans that I can hear I'm for? sure there are. <laughs> yes. No. I, I like Rory. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know much about golf. It, mm-hmm. Ironically, I think I've told you this. Like, I quit playing golf years ago. I used to play a lot, and I loved it. Quit, have no regrets. Mm-hmm. Don't really watch it much. But for whatever reason, I love reading about golf. Uh-huh. And I love reading leading up to the Masters. So I did read a bunch today um, about all the different guys and storylines. And I would personally like to see Rory win. I've always, I've always been a fan. I like watching play. And I would like to see him get the career slam. So <laughs> that's, who, that's who I'm pulling for. I, I've got a good friend now who is a big golf fan who is uh, not a Rory fan. I think that has more to do with his uh, previous relationship and the end, end thereof. Oh. Than anything else. Um, it's Wozniacki. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I'll be hoping the Tiger plays well enough to be around on Sunday, if nothing else, just for the, mm-hmm. the fun of that. I, I don't, I mean, the one thing I like about the Masters the last 10 years or so, it seems like there's often new guys winning. Yeah. Um, it seems like a tournament where new guy, you know, so whether that's Ricky Fowler or John Rahm or whoever it is, it seems like an opportunity for some of these guys. Um, that doesn't necessarily pop up at the U S open or the British open. So, yeah. yeah. My, my coworkers down there this week, she grew up in Augusta. So she goes home every year and she's going to the par three. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hopefully nobody dislocates their ankle this year. I uh, know. It was oh, so gross. Was Did you see that girl? Did you No, no I don't can't ever watch it. watch it. Don't can't if anybody it. don't, if anybody sends you a link to a gymnastics injury, do not watch it. That's all I'm going to say. It, was it from Auburn? I think so. I, I, I think I, 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 yeah. I honestly, kind of blacked Senior. out of yeah, yeah of like i don't want to ever watch it again why broke I... both her legs and dislocated her knees yeah it was like oh. kevin ware and joe theisman times 10 combined just the yeah. worst possible thing ever and no, then, I, I cannot watch that yeah and then rob um big off topic as we head into sunday for i think a lot of people uh game of thrones final season here any um any predictions? I'm four seasons behind. Okay. Oh. I, I watched the first one, loved it, and then felt like I was cheating, and I was like, I got to read the book. Yep. I'm a big read-the-book guy. Yep. Like, I'm always all good. <laughs> and I know you've loved the Yeah, book. Gassner introduced me to them years years and years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I struggled, and I only made it through, like, two or three of the books. Yeah, the and books then, are so hard. Like, oh, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah. And so now I just got to go back and binge watch. So I'm, I've only watched, I think, the first two seasons okay well then i won't so i won't go too deep. i'm a bit just, behind yeah the only thing i really care about is i i mean honestly i don't i have no idea they're probably all going to die they're who knows if there's going to be a throne at the end i just would really like aria to live that's all that i would like so yes yeah, she was my favorite character from the books by far my favorite character from the books 
Um, The show has been a little rough on her because she's not her storyline for many years until the last season or so was like completely on her own, like totally separated from all the other characters, which is the great stuff on TV is watching everyone interact. And she was kind of her own thing. But uh, But that was the only part I could understand in the book because everybody else, I was like, there's so many damn names, people, kings of that. I got confused with her. I just knew it was like, everybody's a bad guy. Yes. Her. <laughs> yeah. Well, easy. hopefully she's going to get to kill a lot more people and be okay this year, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Rob, we had really good overtime topic tonight. Um, we want to talk about a couple things that uh, you brought this up. I think it's a really good idea. Things we didn't appreciate enough or as much as we should have when we were at JMU. So these could be anything um, during our time at JMU when we were actually there as students that we missed out on that looking back, if we were telling, you know, somebody going to school next year, what should you do? What should you not miss out on? This is it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, and, and I think this is one of those things, like, I, I don't have a ton of regrets. I don't want to make, no, 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 like, no, 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 just things that like were really cool. And maybe, I mean, most of the things that I want to talk about, I actually really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I appreciated maybe how fleeting mm-hmm. they were. No. Um, yeah. So yeah. We I could have spent like five less minutes talking to Holston about, the, me- the meaning of the bonus song on some random Dave Matthews album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, All right, why don't you kick it off? Why don't you go with Well, one? I mean, my, my first one, it's just academics in general. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I was going to leave it. Right? I mean, I, it's just really the, we, we, the, the purpose of the academy is to go to school, right? We were supposed to be yeah. there to go to school. I, I know there are some countries in the world, sort of first world countries, Australia, New Zealand in particular, where, Students take their, you know, a lot of us do a year, you know, or some kind of trip after college. And if, if we're fortunate, and they do like a gap year between essentially high school and college. I, I could definitely have used that for some maturity uh, before my first couple of years at JMU in order to, I mean, I just only did the bare minimum to be able to stay in school the first two years, basically, and was not fully appreciative that I should be learning this for the life of the mind at all. <laughs> so I don't know about you. you. Is that what you were going to say too? Yeah. I was going to say like, just generally just class. Like I, <laughs> right. I, I think I developed good study habits and I didn't stress myself out too much. And But I often would just kind of go through the motions for the, for the grade or try to get through rather than as, as dumb as the sound or as like, as, I don't know, yeah. like um, idealistic sound like rather than just the learning yeah. aspect of it. Like, and the only, my, my parents were pushed me very hard through like grade school and high school, mm-hmm. wanted me to achieve very focused on grades, not in a bad way, but they're like up to your ability. Right. And my father who can tell you like, <laughs> he think he got one B in his life. Oh yeah. Like he can, t- like in like third grade, he'll no. tell you the class stuff. So straight is, A's yeah. all through, you know, full, full academic ride to, to undergrad PhD from Princeton the whole night when he was driving me to college, literally yeah. like we're pulling off 81 and his only advice to me was don't try to get straight A's. Oh. And I was like, what? And he's like, you'll miss out. You should focus on the experience, the learning um, inside and outside the classroom. If you're so focused on grades, you're going to wake up and, and feel like you missed college. Except, And that, <laughs> and, and that wasn't the sense of like, no, hey, you know, just go off and do whatever you want. But it was like, hey, you're here to learn. And sometimes learning is more about A's and B's. Right. 
and, and sometimes finding that way to balance and maybe get involved with a club mm-hmm. or, you know, pledge a fraternity or make friendships. It's all important. So it, it wasn't like a slack off. It was like, take a holistic experience. And I wish I had taken that more to heart in the sense that I definitely got involved. I did a lot of fun things and, mm-hmm. you know, was involved on campus and leadership things and blah, 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 blah. I made a lot of good friends. But I wish at times I would just take a moment to learn yes to study because i wanted to know something right. versus oh my gosh i gotta study so i can pass this class or get through the grade and the one thing that I really did that for was i took an art history class freshman year <laughs> and i absolutely loved it and to me that was like the purest example of me learning just for the sake of learning like art history did not has no impact on my career right it ultimately you know it was like a throwaway grade mm-hmm. didn't really go on my transcripts but like it was just learning about a classic kind of liberal studies thing. And I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. That was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish I had taken more experiences like that, or even in my major courses, instead of stressing about like, Oh, I got to take this so I can get this job. Or if I had just taken the time to maybe put as much energy into like the class discussions as I did to preparing for the final. Right. I think that would have been a little bit more fulfilling. Yeah, definitely for me. I mean, it took me till I found a major really my junior year to start mm-hmm. being like, Oh, I'm interested in this and I should try to learn this. Yeah, definitely. Just because I'm well, like, weird about this. Like, and but not, you're the same. Like, yeah. like, did you enjoy law school? I know it's tough. Yeah, more, like, much more so than, than undergrad in that yeah. way. You know, I mean, I think I was more appreciative of the fact, I mean, in my case, I was very fortunate I was not paying the bill in undergrad. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the idea of paying my own, paying the bill in law school was, you know, does, does tend to focus the mind a little bit differently. Um, yeah, absolutely right and uh but it also was there was a part of me i mean it was really hard law school was very difficult for me and there were for me it was the first time i mean people were really smart around me but it it was also just interesting to be a part of the discussion yeah i mean i i kind of looked forward to going to class for the first time really almost the first time ever academically and just being a part of I mean, I was interested in learning the thing, even if I, the best I could do in the class was get a B, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, I was yeah. the same way in business school. Like, I, I really valued the discussions. I thought it was awesome hearing the perspectives of my classmates mm-hmm. and my professors. And I, I think I kind of took college for granted. Yeah. It was like, oh, I you know, I, 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 like you, yeah. I was fortunate where my parents, the expectation was I was going to go to college and my parents were going to pay for it. And I think I kind of took that for granted. Like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is what you do. And it wasn't like I thought I was a big shot in business school, but I knew that was not something that I had expected to do. That was, that was a step I was taking intentionally because I wanted to learn things. Right. And it was cool. I really, like, I didn't skip class in business school. <laughs> no. Not out of some sort of fear of grades, but because I actually enjoyed going to my classes. Right. I thought it was really cool people from all different backgrounds and having these discussions and, you know, doing cases. And it was just, it was cool. And I wish I had a little bit more of that maturity in college. Not that I think my grades would, I don't really care about the grades aspect, but I think I would have gotten more out of it and would have enjoyed myself more. And maybe could have had that opportunity, like cool privilege to go to class and to learn rather than dragging myself there out of some feeling of obligation. That's really funny that you brought up that you said privilege, because I had actually written down, one of the things I definitely appreciated as much as I should have in college was both the free meals and, and the privilege that I had to be there. Right. I mean, we pretty much, when we were at JMU, it was like a free for all for guys that look like us from families like ours. Right. And, and, 
I, I certainly took full advantage of that at the time. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I, and that was one of the things like the fraternity actually opened my eyes to. Yeah, you I can think say so. a lot of bad things about fraternities. But I remember guys coming back being like, you all are living in a bubble. You have mom and dad paying for right. it. You're getting to do these things. All you got to do in exchange is study and go to class a few hours a week. And in my <laughs> class, like, just a... get the bare minimum grades to stay here right? yeah. for, for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. And, and, and the rest of your time, you can play hoops and go to parties and go hiking and fish and do whatever you yeah. want. Um, like, it's a good deal. You're, you, like, guys coming back and they're like, work is not like this. <laughs> right, right. The real world is not like this. Still yeah. Rob's best post ever. But, um, yeah. yeah, Rob, my, my second one, what, what's your, did you have one, another one? Well, I, I was going to say, I guess, I was going to say food in general, but just cereal. <laughs> As an example of, like, the, the sheer choices you can have. And this is nitpick. Right. But the, I think I did appreciate those things that like pull the lever and yeah, <laughs> but just like the sheer variety, uh, like to be able to go in and have, you know, on a bad day you could make a really good sandwich mm-hmm. or go to the pasta bar or, you know, or just like you had eight different types of cereal for breakfast right. or for dinner, like just having so much at your fingertips. And again, like food is awesome because it's food. I love food, but just how easy that all was for yes. your life the simplicity yes. of being able to just walk in and just then decide what you want to eat yeah I, I that's the part that i missed like i think i understood how awesome it was to eat yeah but i didn't i didn't appreciate the absolute convenience like come home now from day of work and i enjoy cooking and everything but sometimes it's just like a mad rush you've got stuff to do yeah. and oh you got to go to the store and do it just the simplicity and to have all that choice and variety of delicious food yes was was amazing well and my my breakfast choices now are like cereal or oatmeal or eggs yeah and like i don't really feel like making eggs most morning i mean that's no you know you're I just like, like i'm gonna put the coffee maker butter. on and like yep. yeah grab something whereas like to be able to roll out of bed and walk you know 100 yards to have all these choices would be wonderful right? oh, it's great. for free by the way yeah well, sort of oh. for free i mean Again, going back to our right. Uh, yeah. Well, at least thanks, at mom least and dad. Paid, right? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. My other one was just. I know that you and I both found our way, and, um, but I, I, I think I could have done even more with uh, outdoor opportunities at JMU. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, we I, I we both didn't. I mean, we we were we did find that that was something we enjoyed doing, and it certainly opened my eyes to what would become a, a lifelong passion for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't. I barely mountain biked. I mean, I did my first mountain biking there. Didn't really hike anywhere. I mean, I did go fishing for the first time, you know, did go camping for the first times, like that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's something that I couldn't have figured out back then, at least just me personally in my life at the time. But given how many opportunities there are around JMU, and as we're now sponsored by Mossy Creek, it makes me think about like, man, there was so much we could have been doing and I, I didn't didn't fully take advantage of that yeah i agree yeah. like I, I got i got out and we do hiking and camping and i did a little bit of fishing and you know swimming in the in the swimming holes and yeah. stuff like that but um i wish i did more of it and, and that was like yeah Saturdays i should have been doing really that every do weekend instead of like just yeah. sitting around playing spades yeah yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah and then the last one for me was just like kind of academic i don't know about academic but just like events and people that came to campus to speak and stuff like that right like i actually i mean you and i we did go to games i mean in terms of sports we did go to football and basketball games as much as was 
reasonable at the time. Um, but there were lots of things going on and there were always people coming to town and speaking and doing things. And just looking back now, I'm like, and, and I've had the good fortune to work at another campus the last five years. And as an adult, I'm much more aware of these things. Like, Oh, I should go see that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I slept on all that. I didn't do any of it in grad school. That was one of my favorite things about grad school, the business school. We had, um, a speaker series where they'd have CEOs. Yeah. And we actually had a partnership with the NFL, oh, no, an NFL no. speaker series. So you'd have agents and coaches and players. And it, that was cool from a sportsman mm-hmm. perspective. But then also hearing, you know, CEOs of investment banks and, you know, pharmaceutical companies and entrepreneurs. It was awesome. Just getting a chance to sit down and, and hear people and listen to their stories and ask questions and chat with them and meet them. And um, I didn't do any of that <laughs> at JMU. Uh, I just, it, it just, it wasn't even on my radar. And I absolutely regret that. That's something like being on a college campus and having all of those other, it all goes back to the learning we were talking about yes. before. It's not just about yeah. testing grades. Right. There are other opportunities to really broaden your horizons. And I think that's what my father was getting at. Yeah, I think that's what my, my, my mother would you know. say. Uh, she valued a liberal education. And she didn't mean that in a political sense. She meant it in a, she didn't send me there to like learn to count widgets. Yeah. She wanted me to like have these experiences and I, did not fully take, right. And I did not fully take advantage of those things. So, yeah, but that was a fun one. You got anything else there, Rob? I was going to say just like the the thing that I don't think I appreciated at the time Mm -hmm. was the value of being around truly well-rounded individuals. And uh, like everybody, like, like you, you know, I I went on to graduate school and I've had been very fortunate to have good jobs and everything. And I've worked with a lot of really, really smart people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've also, you know, had conversations with a lot of interesting people throughout my travels and life. Mm-hmm. And then I've had a lot of good times with like really fun people. At JMU, you could find people who are all those things. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe they weren't, you know, off the charts smart, or maybe they weren't, you know, the most interesting man in the world. But you can find people that were, had, had some pretty good experiences and, and were pretty fun without like being, you know, train wreck bro type person. Right, right. Like, it, it was really interesting. And, and I, I don't think I appreciated that, that you had people who very rarely did you meet somebody at JMU who was only into like hitting the books in school or who was right. only into playing basketball or only into, you know, w- w- One. drama. Like right. people, people generally had multiple interests mm-hmm. and, and um, they really seemed to have gotten into JMU and been drawn to JMU because they had those interests and it wasn't, one overriding passion, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They just, they could do a lot of different things and be very malleable. Um, I really appreciated that more when I went to graduate school and got to know a lot of people who on paper were, were much kind of stronger academic achievers, mm-hmm. but were not particularly well-rounded. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, and a lot of it, I mean, it was weird, but my, after my first exam at, at grad school, it was brutal. It was like an econ exam and it was really hard. Okay. And, and I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, this is super hard. You had told me a year ago that I'd be sitting here in a room full, you know, with all these people from all around the world taking this exam, challenging myself. I wouldn't have believed it. Mm-hmm. And these, and that's because I'd gone to JMU. I'd gotten decent grades. I was never a straight A student. I was used to not being top of the class. Right. Sitting across from people from freaking Harvard and Princeton and yeah. Duke and all, and they'd never not aced an exam, and they went freaking nuts. Yeah. And we had an ex- <laughs> we had an event at a bar that night, and by ten o'clock, I looked around, and it was all kind of I had like found my tribe. Yes. and not coincidentally, it was kind of all the big 
well-rounded state school kids from Georgia and Auburn and JMU and Virginia Tech and all of the like super high achieving, like great guys and great girls, but they all bailed. Like they got so drunk because they were embarrassed that they'd had a difficult time to examine their own phone by 9.15. And I was like, okay, like at JMU, you understand, like you can work hard, you can do things. It's not the end of the world. If you're not the absolute best at something, you kind of live for another day and just kind of that generally like seeing the big picture. Mm -hmm. um, And that's not, always something that i see at work mm-hmm. people tend to be very hyper focused and they can't <laughs> go with it and it's just yeah. i really look back and i'm like man people jamie it was cool to be with people who are smart but maybe not brainy yeah you know what i mean yeah. you know and, and like who were who just ambitious like, for ambition's sake kind of yeah yeah and, and they can they can talk about different things and mm-hmm. you know being able to be in a study group with somebody but then maybe also talk about music and then go shoot hoops right. and then go have drinks like it it's neat to be able to do all those things with, with the same sorts of people. I had never thought and about that, that big state school thing. Yeah. Oh, it, there's definitely a difference. Yes. <laughs> I thought, well, today, my, my, my little law school crew, um, one of our guys went to UVA and everybody mm-hmm. was congratulating and, and, you know, he went to the final, he got to go to the championship game last night. Oh, that's Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, and I had never thought about it, but yes, it is a group that is JMU, UVA, Kansas, Syracuse, vermont and louisville so all yeah yeah that my tribe was the state school guys right well we only had a very small handful of state school people we were the stateies right right, right. Um, but they're so they were like-minded well-rounded individuals from, yeah. from some of these other institutions yeah. as well oh that's funny yeah oh. well that about wraps us up this week as always big thanks to mossy creek get your free sticker for mentioning the podcast big thanks to pale fire fourth anniversary coming up on saturday Get in there, get all their great beers. They're going to have, I think, two or three keg releases this weekend on Saturday for their fourth anniversary. And they are the lead sponsor next weekend on the April 20th for uh, the Rocktown, Rocktown Beer, Fest. Beer Fest. Yeah, and I will be in town. So hopefully I'll probably wear a JMUSB t-shirt of some kind. So everybody come say hi if you see me. I'm looking forward to seeing Ben and Zach and quite a few people in town next weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And anybody who's going to the spring game this week, we're, we're looking forward to hearing all the firsthand accounts this week. Uh, we'll, we'll probably both tune in to a little, as much as we can. Certainly looking forward to breaking down all the sort of post-scrimmage comments. And we will uh, probably next week we will be ready to talk football. Yeah, well, I, I will, I'm going to be in um, – Oh, you, you are not going to – yeah, yeah, we may take a week yeah. off and then we'll – We may take a week off. I, I, will, I will try to find some JMU fans and – in Columbia. Yeah. To tell me about the spring yeah, there's going to be a lot of transition here at JMUSB yes. headquarters in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, we, we'll we will keep you updated out. on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, we'll try to write on the blog uh, at, at some point here. But a lot of transition going on at the headquarters here. We will be fully locked and loaded for the lacrosse and softball postseasons when the time comes. So, <laughs> yeah, right? Rob, I will talk to you next week. And uh, really, really, really happy to be talking to you tonight. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was uh, good times, and it was, it was a rough week, but I'm glad everything's going well. I'm looking forward to some spring sports and then uh, getting down, maybe doing some fishing in a couple weeks. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you next week. Go Duke. See you. I'm gonna